0: Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Uh, really excited to be bringing you episode 30. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Canada's Barbecue School. Check out www.bbqclass.ca for details on the pitmaster classes scheduled in five Alberta cities for 2019, taught by national champ Rob Reinhardt of Prairie Smoke and Spice Barbecue. They will have five styles of smokers on site, so if you're in the market for a new smoker, uh, just getting out there and being able to check out the different varieties is uh, really an awesome opportunity. You can get some unbiased advice and taste the food for yourself. You'll learn the techniques that impress judges and techniques that impress your family. They're not always the same. Participants will tackle five different meats and Rob will talk about ingredients, technology, cooking fuels, and different strategies to allow you to be the king or queen of the smoker. Check the link in the show notes for full details and I'll be at the Calgary class on March 30th and I really hope to see a bunch of you down there. Quick curling update for you, Uh, Team for a third straight loss tonight, uh, falling to 6-11-1 in the Springbank Curling Club Tuesday Night Men's League. Uh, Getting close to the end of the season, playoffs coming up, and uh, we need to get back on track. We had a real good run through uh, November and December there, and we've kind of fallen off. But we'll uh, we'll get back on track. Anyways, before we jump into this episode, a quick reminder that if you're enjoying the show, please uh, pause your podcast app, app now and take a screenshot to share on your social media. Let your friends and followers know you're listening to the show, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please uh, check out the new Look Alberta Barbecue Trail. I've been talking a fair bit lately about the importance of supporting local small business And in these tough economic times we're facing here in Alberta, I decided to change up the barbecue trail program to support and promote all of the great barbecue joints in the province. This means that for the time uh, being, at least, the passport program is on hold. But I encourage you to check out the Alberta barbecue trail page at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca for a listing of all the barbecue joints in Alberta. And uh, let me know what you think. Get out there and support your local barbecue joint. This week on the show, I am pleased to introduce you to Jessica and Christopher from Bear and the Flower Farm. I visited their hog farm uh, up around Irocana about a month ago and had a great sit down with them. I've since had the pleasure of trying out some of their products, uh, specifically the pork chops. Uh, They were fantastic. Check out my Instagram from a couple of weeks back for some pictures of those and uh, enjoy the show. (laughs) Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the show. And uh, really excited to hear today. I'm out just a little northeast of Calgary at Bear and the Flower Farm, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Christopher and Jessica. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank Chad. you for having us. Uh, very so, excited
0: to be part of this. Yeah, great. We've been talking online a little bit here, and uh, thrilled to get out here and kind of see what you guys are doing. Uh, so tell me about uh, tell me about Bear and the Flower. I'll let you start. Uh.
1: Well, I guess the the easiest way to start is our story yes. of how we kind of got into this.
0: Yeah, I, I usually ask when I'm interviewing barbecue people, I say, "What's your what's your barbecue story? How did you get into the barbecue uh, the barbecue life?" So I guess in your case, how did you? What's your story?
1: Well, so. I never I never thought that I would be a pig farmer. Yeah, it's a pretty surprising, to be honest with you, but now it's kind of all that i talk about right. and it's my passion so three years ago chris was working in manufacturing and i was actually in the counseling field okay. with children in the school system right. and um chris ended up you know getting bought out mm-hmm. um wasn't something that he wanted you know but sometimes yeah. the best things are what you don't want uh, yeah and he was at home like pretty depressed and mm-hmm. thinking about what is our next step going to be and I said to Chris well what's kind of like your thing that you want to do what have you always wanted mm-hmm. to do and he says well I've always loved farming mm-hmm. you know going round and round in a tractor and So, we were in a cooperative farming situation with his family up until 2013. We all had cattle and his younger brother had taken over the farm, but Mm -hmm. he didn't really want to calve out anymore and he wanted to live more in BC and come and do hay and everything in the warmer months and then go back to BC. So... We ended up all selling out of cattle okay. and Chris and I owned land that wasn't good for crop. It was more grazing land. Right. So we thought Chris wants to be a farmer and we ended up taking a bare piece of land okay. and getting into pig farming because cattle is too expensive to get into. Most farms lot, yeah. are generational. Right. The equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. So everything that you see on this farm. We built from scratch wow. with very little money, um, you know, and just a lot of sweat and mm-hmm. hard work.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome.
1: So that's how we got into it. So and it was in the family
0: before it didn't just, the farming thing didn't just come out of the blue.
2: And farming was <laughs> yeah. part of, part of, uh, on my family side, yeah, you know, okay. um, um, like she like said, hay and yeah. cattle was the big operation yeah. and we thought, let's get into this as a side, mm-hmm. side to supplement our, our, our income and all that. And all right. supposed to be. A side business, let's sell a few hogs a week, kind of thing, or a few sure. hogs a month, yeah. and it's now taken full precedent. Where mm. you know we've got uh, three other staff working besides the two of us with awesome. us all, all the time, and uh, it's our full time passion and gig now. And yeah. it's Jessica always says it's bigger than us. This yeah. this food movement and the um, um, local, sustainable, ethical. Mm. Um, you know, how can we feed the masses? without being a factory farm and still have those same ethics that you would still get from, um, I'll call it a mom and pop or a small yeah, backyard farmer.
0: Absolutely.
2: So that's kind of our mission and our mantras. We mm. want to produce food that has the love, the ethics, the, the, the value, um, and most mm. importantly, the quality yeah. that the consumer wants on a larger scale. Yeah. So we just started growing and growing and then yeah. the momentum come faster than we could understand. And that's why I say it's bigger than us. Yeah. And now, Um, When we first got into it, a chef would sit down with us and go, love your product and all that. How long until you can't supply me? Mm. That was his biggest problem because the people who are are growing good food were on the smaller side. And we then um, said, we can supply. And so then we just started bringing on contracts and then we started to realize, oh man, we got to move this whole animal. I'm going to be sitting on, you know, everyone wants bellies and loins, bellies and loins. And uh, how do we move the front and the back of that animal? So then that became our product and, uh, I mean, our problem and Jessica started adding value add items like sausages and okay, hams yeah. and, and, and cured products and uh, um, working with companies, um, you know, like Empire Provisions out of Calgary. Great folks. Yeah. Um, you know, they're huge supporters of us or Muleys up at Edmonton, you know, they so they're taking, uh, they're taking whole carcasses, but they're also taking trim product to make okay. into their sausages. Oh, awesome. So, you know, it's, it's win-win for us and it's win-win for them. It helps us move that whole animal, yeah. reduces our inventory. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the story of where we started and then as we started getting deeper and deeper into the process here we started to realize there's a viable business here mm-hmm. how can we make the product better yeah how can we refine our internal process how can we refine what our customers after and what are we going after mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs When you first get into it, let's take it all and then you realize yeah <laughs> I can't chew all that you yeah, know yeah. Or, or, or the the margins aren't big enough, or we're not ready for that, you know. So we had to really sit down year after year and just redial in that process, mm-hmm. and that's um, what got us to where we are today
0: and and our mission now. Awesome. Well, yeah, and it, for for me and my family, the the sustainable, the ethical, that's really what you know. Looking at what you guys are doing, attracted me to you know wanted to reach out to you guys because it's something as a as a family we've tried to do and uh, yeah. You know, it's a big, big. Putting thing. some thought into where we're buying the meat we eat, the food we eat, where it's coming from, right? So that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I guess tell me a little bit more about that side of the. Uh, well, the pig uh, farming side. Yeah.
2: You know, when you, when you see things like that, it not only resonates with Bear and the Flower, but mm-hmm. all my fellow producers, and yeah, people might view them as competition, but I need my competitors at this infancy mm-hmm. to do very well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so the, the other five or six farms that would be in the same size of us and capacity that are out there you'd see them in all the natural food source yeah. we want them to do well sure. because they're helping that movement yeah you know and when you and your family go and you decide to buy a bear in the flower or, or, yeah. or a local alberta farm
0: mm-hmm.
2: true statistic 97 cents of that dollar mm-hmm. stays in the local economy yeah oh. when you go to buy that meat that was imported mm-hmm. from the united states or even from another province yeah Three cents stays in, and that ninety-seven cents is going back to there. You know that three cents on the aggregate is used to employ those people in that store and pay the fuel to get them here. But that ninety-seven cents, you know, we're employing people on our farm. We're buying our feed locally. We're employing local veterinarians. We're Mm -hmm. we're, um, employing a local nutritionist. You know, all within the province of Alberta. Uh, You know, so
1: keeps money here. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And in this economy, that's what we need. Yes, yeah, that's what we need. And and in all economies, you know. Um, so there's a big, big push for that sustainable and local mm-hmm. movement, you yeah. know, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think the way it all kind of started was the first January we had our pigs kind of ready okay. and we sold four pigs <laughs> and we thought, what are we getting into? <laughs> what are we, yeah. And then you have these animals that are live mm-hmm. and growing and eating and they're a live commodity. Mm-hmm. You have to sell them. <laughs> yeah. cause What else are you going to do with them? Yeah. So then, um, I started, you know, um, approaching chefs and being Mm -hmm. like, Hey, do you want to buy like a pig or some primal cuts? You know, we started Mm -hmm. very small and then they'd get it and be like, this is horrible or this is so fat. Mm -hmm. You know, if I sat around and ate bread all the time, I'd be the same and that's the same as with animals. You can't just feed them barley Mm -hmm. and peas. And think that that's gonna you know get a good quality product so as time went on Chris and I started delving more and more and more into our product Great. and became super nerdy about it oh, that's- and we'll tell you all about that yeah Um. but backing up a minute also during that process we started to realize that outdoor pig farmers didn't have a very good reputation
0: okay
1: yeah you know um especially in the world of pork okay in alberta pork
0: just the meat quality
1: and slaughter plants as being flaky people people that weren't very you know clean with their animals they were full of worms um they don't have biosecurity measures right. so as we started getting into that mm-hmm. we started working closely to get our cqa and okay. and um so we've kind of led the industry super for the government of canada mm-hmm. and we were the first outdoor farm to get our cqa our federal status okay so what that means is that most outdoor farms if you're not a barn mm-hmm. you have a border okay. of alberta Right. And that's all you can stay in, unless okay. you're going to ship them live over the border. We started, you know, working on biosecurity right. program for outdoor farms, mm-hmm. and um, we're piloting it with the government. Oh, wonderful. And then now we're up to do our, our full-fledged RCQA. Um But it meant things like, when you go to the slaughter plant, mm-hmm. don't bring that trailer home until right. you wash it. Okay, right. You know? Yeah. Um, using natural ways to deworm your pigs. When you came in, you saw yeah. we had boots before you mm-hmm. walked yeah. into our yard. Yeah. You know all that kind of stuff. People yeah. come here. We sign you in. We mm-hmm. sign you out. So we have like full traceability. Right. Um, just there's so many parts of it. We tarp all our straw to make sure you know it's it's cleaner right. and um, we don't have you know birds and everything sitting in there and building nests. Right. So. All these little things really um, were a learning curve and Chris and I are not just about our farm. We're for this for all outdoor farms. We should have the same rights Mm -hmm. as barns. In fact, I would say that my pigs are healthier. You know, vitamin D isn't just a vitamin. It should be part of life. So... There's all those little things that have taken us to where we've come. That's wonderful. And then I'll let Chris talk about um, all the nerdy (laughs) stuff because he's really into it about our feed and stuff. And our genetics. We have a big announcement about that, yeah.
2: So, yeah, so then we, like Jessica alluded to, Mm -hmm. our first product was not good. I have to, I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Right. But it only makes you better. Yeah. You know, uh, and failure is almost a key to success. Mm-hmm. And so we started refining. The first thing that we dove into um, was nutrition. Right. So we work with a company out of energy called Nutrition Partners. Okay. Um, and they have a nutritionist that works with us. And he is incredibly, you know, used to the, the conventional farming and all that. So he enjoys this because it's a change.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so he's come out and he's taken a pig that would normally take us eight, eight and a half months to finish and we're finishing it two to three weeks or longer than a conventional operation okay. because we still have to deal with the elements and I can't right. control that. Uh, but however, finishing a pig that's still got a nice fat cover on it mm-hmm. that um, the consumer wants, but it's not too fatty where you're cutting off two inches of back fat to get to the loin right. and making the eyes too the small. And
1: loin's really small <clears> and <throat> shrunken down.
2: So working with nutritional partners, they then started diving in and, and, when it gets to minus 30, we can adjust the nutritional and, and, and the, the calories that the pig eats. Okay. And when it gets to plus 30, we can do the exact right. same thing. So it's about dialing that in, and, and, and it's not major adjustments, it's still the same ingredients, it's just how much of that ingredient are we putting in to ensure that that pig gets the optimal health. Um, and further to that, because we've gone down the antibiotic-free route, the hormone-free route, um, no different than a human. You have to have a healthy animal. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with gut flora. Um, and as this is becoming a new big culture in the human side, it's been in the the pig business for a while. So we feed our pigs a prebiotic, a probiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, um, Peter said to us, as a nutritionist, says, what have you ever thought about giving them flax? oh, that's, you know, we kind of hemmed and hawed about it. And he says, I think we, so we did a few experiments Mm -hmm. and the amount of flax that we are giving along with the prebiotic and probiotic is not only healthy for the pig, but it transfers into their fat and we had to have a whole carcass tested from a third-party lab that's vetted by the CFI, and we've been certified to be high in omega-3s. Okay, nice. So for every time that you eat yep. 100 grams of our pork, you're, you're getting 0.9 of a gram of omega-3s and 6s, which is um, three, three time. times the CFI's requirement to tote and have that tagline high in omega-3s legally.
0: And it's got the omega six as well, you said? The <laughs> omega-6s,
2: we don't talk that as often because okay. some people say that omega sixes are not as good. But
0: uh, well, what I've been reading, at least for humans, is the balance between it's the balance yeah. between the three and six. So, right? so.
2: they they are high in omega threes and sixes, but threes is the the, the big yeah. one, right. um, and it's done without fish products or anything like that.
1: Nice. Um, well, yeah, some some farms will um, use you know kelp,
0: okay, and oh.
1: seaweeds and stuff, but. Then we can have an um, animal byproduct free because when right. they're scraping that, they're bringing up, and then it gets grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know. So did, we yeah. do get audited for every claims that we make. So we have okay. to make sure that yeah.
0: we are what we if, say. If you say it is, it's got to be there, right? Yeah, okay. awesome.
1: You know, um,
2: and then lifestyle would be the next thing. You know, and we always knew that outside, and you know, we, we strongly guesstimate uh, just through some different research that in one week our pig will walk more than a pig in a confinement operation will walk mm-hmm. in its entire life. Wow. So when you start thinking about that, and, and just the human, when you go for a walk, and, mm-hmm. and, and what it does to your fat, yeah. it creates injured muscles, and, 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 and that muscle building, and creates that marbling, yeah. you know. Um, but that alone will not alone just won't create that. You know, you need to have enrichment and a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. and uh, pigs are um, a very intelligent animal and very smart. Yeah. So providing enrichment in the pens, yeah. lots of room to root and play, um some hurdles along the way making sure they have enough place to sleep you know so they're not sleeping on top of each other right you know so as we are growing adding more shelters and different styles of shelter cost effective shelters or yeah. our uh, value inside the shelters uh, because they do live outside minus 30 plus 30 they never right. go inside yeah so further to that we then needed to start working on genetics you read everyone's got their own idea of that and we've started working with um a while ago, uh, a farm called VDK Farms out of Three Hills, okay. um, named Robin Vandercool and his family um, have been inspirational to us. And he, um, I call him the genetics guru, the genetics master. And so he's helped us um, now start to dial in different traits of the meat. So now we're, we're, we're taking samples of the meat and getting the meat color up, okay. introducing marbling, introducing back fat. Right. But every time that you want to do this by bringing in a, a different breeder, all that, there's also a trade off. Does the pig get fatter does the right. pig grow longer so we at any given time have three to four different samples going through our farm that we just track and we just you yes. know how long did it take to rear this pig how much feed did it work the feed conversion mm-hmm. what was the meat quality yeah. like the carcass quality like so we're always they trying to do that an ear tag. okay so we'll just ear tag them yeah. with the different colors and we'll yeah. know that this batch of 20 yeah it's and then we'll diverse, follow them uh, through and where we keep a log yeah. and so robin and uh his family only breed for us so they um, are hundred um, percent our um, breeders they don't breed for anybody else yeah. and so they really cater to our spec- uh, specifications right. um, and then just are helping us grow our, our demand and uh, a- allowing the, the, that product to become better so that's that's the exciting thing is with the combination of the nutrition the lifestyle and the, um, the genetics yeah. The the, the 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 quality of our product has now become renowned chefs and now there's the demand for it and they're asking yeah. for it and oh, awesome. no the chef the consumers are they're finding that it's a flavorful product it's uh um consistent. it's good. it's consistent, consistent. that's a, yeah. that's our other big thing is finding a consistent product that we can ship weekly right uh, so
1: we're very like one thing that we do the best is our tomahawk chop okay you know because nice. yep. of our genetics. Yeah. And the weight we raise our pig to. I mean, that land-raised genetic, it makes our tomahawk just beautiful, you know. And um, you have to know what you're doing. And we, like, have surrounded ourselves with the people that know what they're doing. And Chris and I, it's not us, it's Mm -hmm. these people that, like, are experts in their field that are so passionate about what we're doing that they're like, want to so be a part of it, you know? They're just, it's exciting because they're used to working in um, a different part of the industry, conventional, which is, you know, horrible what they're going through.
2: Our support team is incredible, you know, and our veterinarian, she's, you know, extremely uh, influential and inspirational about what should we do, how should we do it? And if she doesn't know I have this friend that worked on an outdoor farm in, in the UK and right, gets yeah. us in touch with that person. And, you know, it's just been, you know, so. The whole team, right? An outdoor farmer this size in North America is very few, mm-hmm. if any. There's probably a few in the States, but in Canada this size, we're probably one of the larger. Maybe there's a few others, but so it's tough to go and get data, research information. Right. There's not a book to go and read. Yeah. So, there's a lot of trial and
0: error, as I call it, baptism by fire. Absolutely. So, how many pigs do you have? What's the, how big is this? So, currently
2: on the farm, we have between 15 and 1600 animals. Okay. Um, And uh, we're in the process of completing an expansion, which by fall next year will allow this farm to raise around 5,000 animals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we are very excited to have our, um, well, we haven't even announced it.
2: Probably
1: not yet. Okay,
0: oh, not yet. Never mind. Something coming. Something coming. Yes. There is
1: something coming. Awesome. Really big for us. Okay. So the project yeah. in the spring. Yep. And yeah.
0: Oh, let me know. Well, let me know when you're ready to. Well, have. you're going to come back. you got to okay. come back.
1: Uh, yeah, you got to come back in the summer. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh... And the pigs have a splash park. That, well, I've, seen, were... I've seen your videos and stuff. Yeah. On That's awesome. Yeah. So pigs actually do way better in the winter okay. than they do the summer because yeah. they don't sweat. They get oh. really hot. Yes. So this summer was just so hot and dry, smoky, smoky yeah. so we're Dusty. learning yeah. so much about planting perennials in the yeah. ground. Right. We're learning about keeping them nice and cool. Mm-hmm. So we built a splash park. Awesome. Like every year we're doing these Figuring little, as, uh, yeah. little yeah. things to make our pigs quality of life yeah. better.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um... I guess you talked about some of the road some of the restaurants and stuff you're working with uh, locally here what uh, who are those guys well just well the
1: biggest thing is is that really sets us apart from um, you know any other outdoor farm in Alberta is we have massive distribution Mm -hmm. when Chris and I first started we had a reefer truck where probably still got divorced we (laughs) hated each other You know, we drive to Banff to drop off a loin. Yeah. And we were just all over the place. Right. And you can't do it all, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we've kind of given up the idea of not having a butcher shop mm. and not self-distributing. Right. So those two things, I think, have really catapulted us forward. Right. In that we work with the top distributors right. in this province from GFS to prepack meats, right. fins up in Edmonton. Um, you know, Cisco Edmonton, Cisco right. Calgary, sure. um, Berkby foods does all of our retail. So we have everyone that kind of, and then BC, yeah. that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've just kind of like partnered up with these people that do what they do really well, well and we're yeah. going to do what we do. Yeah. Really yeah well. And
0: they've got their network too, right? So by partnering with them, you're tapping into their entire network of yeah. customer base, right? You know, instead of
2: having her and I pounding the pavement or hiring a sales guy, yeah. We can focus those resources on the farm, yeah. invest that money here, yeah. and allow these um, distributors who've got 10, 20, 30, 50 sales guys mm-hmm. pushing your product. Absolutely.
1: So what they do is like what's coming up, for example, is there are shows I go mm-hmm. to with right. them and yeah. then I meet more chefs or, yeah. you know, I'll have two days up in Banff with GFS right. on February 4th and 5th. And they just book me up yeah. the whole day. There, you're here, 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 here. Awesome. So. And oh, then I get, I'm, the, I'm more effective. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, you know, organize samples and all of that. So it's kind of crazy, but Chris and I don't even know a lot of the places that we're in anymore. With, and that's the hard part at times. Go, letting go of
0: that a bit, right?
1: Yeah, you yeah. kind of just have to give up that control. Yeah. So it's important yeah. that I go out and I get I on the road. Yeah. But yeah, we're any, and then we have a different type of clientele. Like Una Pizza Mm -hmm. and Bread and Circus, that group, you know. Kale breaks down a hog or two every week, and he uses that whole thing for his restaurant, you know. Um, So we have that, and then we also have the butcher shops, like the Empire Provisions, the K&K Food Liner, the Muleys, um, McLean's Meats, all of these other types of industries Mm -hmm. that, you know, more direct to customers awesome so we we have a few different markets mm-hmm. and we've kind of spread ourselves out through that to try and move that whole animal
0: yeah awesome well I, I love what you guys are doing and I look forward to trying some of your product real soon here and, yeah uh, yeah uh, where can where can folks find you
1: um, on our website yeah. we actually have um, a whole list it's um the tab that says find right. us yeah. and if you click on that we give you a whole list of retail okay. shops okay. And then for restaurants, if you go on our Instagram yeah. and see what photos we've been tagged in, you can usually find out who's uh, who's yeah. or send me a message and yeah. tell me what you want. Some pe- thing that people don't realize is I'll hook them up, yeah. Like if you want to take your wife on a nice dinner yeah. at the Banff Gondola, I know the chef, you know, the oh, I, think. I know. will help well, you uh, and uh, give a nice look val- Valentine's work. is coming, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Chris and I do that too. Okay, we'll, yeah. Our friends will message sure, us yeah. and be like, "We want to do a nice supper." Super. We'll go to this place, yeah. you know.
0: Well, I'll put all the the links to your website and your uh, social media on the, that. in the show notes. And uh, okay. I guess one thing, and again, I'm usually talking to barbecue people, but uh, I'll ask you kind of the same question. I try to close up with is uh, if you're you're firing up the grill or the barbecue, what's uh, what's your go to? Oh,
2: <laughs> I would tell you there's two things. yeah I make, in my opinion, a killer pork burger. Okay. Yeah. So, that you know, I'd put that up against any beef burger out there. Um, but my go-to is our tomahawk chop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, we probably eat the beef, the pork burger more. Yeah. Because it's so good.
2: Yeah. Um, we have a 14-ounce bone-in tomahawk, and it's wow. it's a showpiece of a, of, of, of a cut. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, 16-ounce. <laughs> it's a 16-ounce yeah. bone-in showpiece of a product. Right. And, um, I'll get the barbecue searing good and hot. Yeah. Just uh salt and pepper for flavor on there, you know, maybe a little pork spice, but nothing major. And I like to put it on there at high, high heat, char it. So just the 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 juice is is clear but still pink in the middle.
0: Yeah.
2: And get that sear on the outside and there's there's nothing more flavorful, juicy. You know. I always grew up thinking oh pork chops are dry. Well that's dry. yeah I hated pork chops. Now
0: if you cook them right,
2: cook them right, and 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 you got and and you're not having a thin little piece in with nice marbling and a good fat you know. Nice.
0: Um. Well, folks, thank you so much, Christopher. Uh, Jessica, thanks so much. This is uh, thank you so this much. This is great. Great thank to get out you. in the country here a little bit. And uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're not that. That's a beautiful part too. Yeah. Is we get a lot of farm tours mm-hmm. because we're so close.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody, that's another episode of the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And uh, be sure to check out our show sponsor, www.barbecueclass.ca. That's www.bbqclass.ca for all of the details on the upcoming classes in Alberta. As I said earlier, I'll be attending the Pitmaster class on March 30th here in Calgary. And I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, learning from barbecue champion Rob Reinhart. Thank you again to Jessica and Christopher from Bear and the Flower Farm. Check out their website and Instagram to find the stores that carry their product as well as restaurants that serve their pork. I promise you won't be disappointed. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate and review. Share the show with your friends. Let everybody know you're listening. And uh, message me with your comments. on Twitter at Eat More Barbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. Email me at Barbecue at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. And uh, like I said with the uh, podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps get uh, gets more ears on the program and gets the word out. Next week on the show is another farm visit. This one with Wayne Hansen from your local ranch in Airdrie, Alberta. Looking forward to that one for you. And as always, thank you to Alan Horriban for the music. And until next time, folks, keep on smoking. This has been a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.